podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please visit ProfessionalCasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. Also, every month we're going to be giving away any one item to a Patreon backer at the $5 tier or above. Check out patreon.com slash professional casual for more information. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code professionalcasual at checkout or use the link in the show notes. the space between i am your super ignorant of the source material host uh tim with me today uh, my co-host you know him from a grim podcast of perilous adventure you know him from big fiction energy you know him from breathing heavily over you while you sleep uh it's co-host of the space between dan cole yeah all those things also with us this week, a super incredibly special guest he is the host the creator the sultan of wreck my podcast it's jordan well hello there we are here discussing episode 14 chapter 14 14. some might call it Um, chapter 14 episode 9 of revenge of the gogurt so (laughs) yes (laughs) oh frozen grogurt yeah 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 anyway it's called uh the tragedy? The tragedy. Yeah, that came on the screen and I went, I don't I don't like that. No. What? Yeah. Not at all. That foreshadowed. So I saw it's only half an hour. Yeah, foreshadowed way too much. And I also thought the tragedy, I was like, it's not a story the Jedi would tell you, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis. So <laughs> that was like my first, Finally. my first thought too. I was like, are we going to get a Darth Plagueis thing in here? And I'm like, nah, it, it's, it's all about Baby Yoda. <laughs> I, I would have loved that if they just totally like right angled it and were like, it's actually not about any of the Mandalorian characters at all. It's a flashback to Darth Plagueis the Wise, like eating breakfast for half an hour. Well, they, they set it up perfect because if uh, uh, Grogu was on the, the seeing stone with his weird teleportation thing, that could, because have we ever seen the force manifest itself in that weird way before? Like maybe that could have been a portal to the past and then he was going back to like check on things or something. They could have done a weird time travel element in this one and i would have been completely okay with it <laughs> completely in brand too like yeah. i could absolutely see that um but so this is episode six of season two mm. but chapter 14 yes mm. okay so we have two episodes left unfortunately last episode we finally got to see ahsoka yes um she was going to train grogu i told us his name was grogu which i guess is super important um but he likes mando too much um he has attachments and she's not about, you know, helping people with unhealthy attachments. So <laughs> she's seen what it can do to people firsthand. Right. Mm-hmm. So seems fair. Um, but she tasks the, the Mandalorian to find this temple uh, on this planet that uh, should be able to reach out to a Jedi. A Typhon. Typhon is the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do believe. 
hyphen uppercut, I think. <laughs> probably straight from Street Fighter. Um, it's definitely, uh, Star, we know Star Wars is heavily influenced by Street Fighter. Yes. Yeah, they yep. even had bionic Chun-Li in this episode. So it was pretty cool. A whole bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get kind of a cold open with uh, Mandalorian and Grogu in uh, the Razor Crest. Mm-hmm. And I loved this scene initially where he's just like, Grogu. <laughs> he's just like oh that's cool i, I can communicate better i thought he was kind of being a dick though i'm kind of like you just want to get a reaction out of him and you're just saying his name i felt like that's what i do to my dog <laughs> so very legit especially that that chuckling afterwards yeah. absolutely made it seem like a dick move i'm just yeah. like a, you've never listened to me ever before and now i can at least get your attention right he's kind of patronizing him too, because he's like the nice lady told us these things, and then when they're flying around, he's like the magic rock. <laughs> like this, this little kid's a, a Jedi. <laughs> like I think he understands what's going on. <laughs> With legitimate like academy training on Coruscant yeah. too, yeah, which right. is like I feel like a huge deal. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But so they end up going to what was it called? Typhon. Typhon. Mm-hmm. Typhon. Uh, Typh- Typhon. 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 It's T Y T H O N. Typhon. Oh, T-H, not P-H. Okay. Yeah, Dan, thank God we have an expert this week. Um, <laughs> I've never claimed to be an expert. I never, so they get to I never claim to be an expert either. Uh, I just have that completionist <laughs> in me where I have to look up everything and know how to spell it. <laughs> Fair. The good news is, is that if there is anyone that should be accrediting who is an expert or not on Star Wars, it's probably me. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, of course. Of course. Um, so they get to Tython and he can't quite land on the uh, super apparent magical statue surrounded by other magical statues. Right. Super easy to find. Yeah. Right there. I mean, maybe Tython's a pretty small planet. But also the Mandalorian, uh, the show has, if, if anything has shown us, we're going to skip out all that stuff. We're going to skip 10 minutes of him being like, I don't know where it is. I got to stop at a gas station and ask for directions. He very well could have been looking for hours yeah, or days mm-hmm. even, but we never see that kind of passage of time. It's just kind of assumed he has the coordinates to the planet and a specific point on the planet. That's yeah. fine. Whatever. We want to get to the good stuff. Yep. And so they do. He can't land there. So he's got a, you know, jetpack over and we get this neat little scene of him. Superman flying with Grogu's ears flapping in the wing it was as, super uh, cute. as he gets over there. I really dug that. And it's it's weird because they do that mix of animatronic and CG for Grogu, and it is sometimes difficult to tell which is which. That's so seamless. In, until you have those ears flapping around, it's like okay, well, I guess they probably didn't. I feel like probably the, didn't do the work to be able to mechanically make those ears do that. I feel like the first season. Did they actually have the CG in the first season? Because this is the first time where I feel like he's moved. Uh, like walked in certain ways. I guess he did a little bit in the first season, but I'm with you. There's a lot of times where I'm like, this cannot be a puppet yet. It looks exactly like a puppet. Like it's hard yeah. to tell where they make that change just solely. You, you have to think about it from a production standpoint. And that's really the only way I can tell is uh, this has to, this has to be CG, but I also thought that about BB eight and that's like a real robot that they made and stuff too. So who knows? Right. The the only there's been a few times where I'm like that is obviously a puppet being moved as a mm. puppet. Like there's at one yeah. point where Mandalorian like drops him in the Razor Crest, sets him down, and he like scurries away, <laughs> and it's that like super 80s like he's being pulled like on a track. I love it though. Yeah. But I I really dug that. It's a, the aesthetic is just 
I don't know. It's one really thing nice. I've always liked about Star Wars is the 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 presence of the practical effects over CG. And that's one thing that hurt, especially episode one is that they'd had just an overabundance of CG and it wasn't quite there yet. Like nowadays with the Blu-rays, things have been remastered and whatnot, but like early, the one that was in theaters and whatnot in 99, there were times that was kind of like, Oh, why, like, why isn't Watto just a puppet? He looked good, mm-hmm. yeah. but other things were like, why, why couldn't this have just been practical? It probably would have been cheaper. It would have looked better. I remember uh, the Phantom Menace is the first time as a child, I was fascinated with stubble because of Watto. Cause I was like, that looks so right. real. And as like a 10 year old, I'm like, why do I care how real this stubble w- looks? But I do. And that's when I knew uh, forever, I was going to be married to this franchise. <laughs> as much as people, especially when it first came out, gave Phantom Menace a bunch of crap. I loved Watto and everyone loved Darth Maul. He was just so rad. Everybody loves Watto kid, but <sighs> just adore him. Watto's the best. Yeah, Watto is the best. I wish he was my uncle, but then also that raises a few questions (laughs) too. So maybe I don't want that. (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't want him to be part of my family, but just an associate or uh, an acquaintance. Like an uncle shit uncle. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) So he gets to the temple. He flies up there. Plops Grogu down on that stone and just kind of is like, all right, get to it. I love how he switches the visor in his headset to like look around for like there's there's got to be an on button somewhere. It's obviously, control somewhere. How does this work? I don't know. It's a rock. Um, and then Goku just turns around. Yeah, that would look really cool with the blue beam coming up and the little words around the rock that light up, kind of like the one ring. And Grogu's just like meditating there. So I was watching it with my daughter, Lily, and she was like, Oh, he even has his hands in like the yoga position. Like he's meditating. And yeah. I was like, yeah, it's cute. So a quick deep dive on that too, for you real quick, uh, right before he kind of turns it on, if you will, you saw some like blue butterflies floating around. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. there's a kid's animated star Wars short, I guess, like it's a few small episodes. I think it's on Disney plus, or it might be like a YouTube thing or something. And it has Ben Solo in a scene and they look like little Funko dorbs, the like little circular Funko um, collectible yeah. things. They, they look like that. So it's like this little cutie kid thing. There's a scene of Ben Solo being carried away by a bunch of blue butterflies during a scene hmm. and that. So I'm oh. wondering if that's a small, not that, I mean, I'm sure Dave Filoni and John Favreau know of this of uh, this thing that's Star Wars over here. I wonder if that has some connection to be like Ben Solo was around these blue butterflies and he had the potential to go to the dark side and he did. And we have Grogu who has a lot of fear and anger and darkness in him as well as we learn later in the episode. And this blue butterfly is here again. This is kind of the fork in the road of you have the potential to go to the dark side, but what path are you going to take? I totally thought he was going to try to eat one of those butterflies. (laughs) At at this point (laughs) we should expect that anything that moves puts in his mouth. (laughs) We have only, yeah, we've been trained really at this point to assume that. I think that would be his final step to the dark side. Mm -hmm. Just snatching one of those like forest butterflies and eating it. Yes. (laughs) So as uh, this is happening, he's letting him go. uh, A ship enters the atmosphere and it's a, should be an incredibly recognizable ship. I got so excited. I, I was like, oh, that slave one. I got goosebumps all over my body. So my wife right? is in the other room while I was watching it. She was working and she goes, I heard you talking a lot during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Um, 
So even with my limited Star Wars knowledge, I knew that shit. Mm. Like, so I, I feel like that's it, that's a big deal. Yeah. I just watched I watched it a second time with my wife and she's like, Hell, what's that from? And I was like, I mean, I don't even know if she's she's seen less than I have of Star Wars. So, I mean, I feel like if if it's that recognizable, it's 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 very iconic. It's got it a weird a look. Deal. It's I mean, it's completely impractical, but it's a cool ship. Yeah. It's Everybody a, loves Slave cool, One. Yeah. I was going to say great ship with a. um a name that was very interestingly chosen. The Slave One, I feel yeah. like, got a lot of PC flack during like the early 2000s. And yep. I get it, but I'm also like, guys, come on. It's the Star Wars universe. Like, things are, we, we have like the destroyers and stuff like that. Of course, Slave One is going to be a name that George Lucas came up with. I mean, he came up with uh, Sleeves Bago. I mean, this guy, he's not great at coming up with names for people. <laughs> that is ships. incredibly true. I mean, it certainly shouldn't be. I guess forgiven's not the right word, but there, there's certainly the extent of like just ignoring old men doing old man things. Um, <laughs> but it is George Lucas. I mean, he also made Jar Jar Binks. You know what I mean? He like, did. I assume. Yeah, the, he's a genius. I assume the thought process behind it was like when, before he kind of knew what the Mandalorian culture was going to be back when he created Boba Fett. It was going to be this race of superior beings that enslaved people. And that's just where his mind went. So, I mean, yeah. I guess it makes sense that he would make that connection. But uh yeah, I feel like at this point, it's kind of like the band, The Devil Wears Prada. You're too far gone. You can't change the name now. Too many people know it. Uh, big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because the slave part is like the the class of ship that it is. Like uh, the Mandalorian ship, the Razor Crest. That's not the name of the ship. It is a Razor, Cla- Razor Crest class ship. Yeah. Oh. So like there are other ships out there with the slave pre empire surplus. Right. I did not so, like, know slave that. One. Yeah. Uh, like the like the Millennium Falcon. That's its own name for that ship. It's actually Corellian freighter. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a YT 1300? I think it's that's exactly technically I think the, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, I used to play a lot of X-Wing, so I knew mm-hmm. the names of the ships. So, like, there are other people that have the slave design of ship out there, like Jango Fett. Um, I can't remember if Boba Fett's is this is that ship or if he just got another one. I think it's the same ship. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think he found it in a junkyard later on in his career. He, he, like, tracked down his dad's old ship in a junkyard somewhere in, like, one of the comics or something like that. Oh, wow. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's not so bad then because, okay, so I work in the audio video realm. I, uh, my, my real job is pretty much recording, boring people talking lectures about like dental implants and stuff like that. And mm. back, yeah, oh, good stuff. And, uh, <laughs> my favorite kind of implant. Uh, and so when, when, uh, we used Let's to do, spit take. when we used to do, uh, cassette tapes, you had a master deck and then what was called slave decks to duplicate from the master cassette to the duplicated cassettes. And that was their name. So I guess that, you know, if we're talking about this is a slave classification and that's not its name, it's its classification. Okay. In the real world, we've done that. So maybe George Lucas was an audiophile or something. As a, as a quick comment about the, the start of that uh, particular <laughs> aside, um, I wish my brain worked like correctly mm-hmm. because the image that flooded my head was breast implants made of teeth. 
God. <laughs> and just like rattling teeth bags bouncing around on trampolines. And <sighs> I think I'm sterile now. <laughs> but good lord. I mean, that's what happens. All so right. I gotta correct myself a little bit here. It, I forgot about this. It is not a slave designation ship. It is a fire spray 31 class pr- patrol and attack craft. So like it's a fire spray. Django Fett named it the slave one. Mm. Oh, okay. Looking, okay. Looking a little bit up. I wanted to, to clarify that I was a little, little off there, but there are apparently multiple of them. Well, we got to okay. see some more of them because we've only well, ever yeah. seen the one. I want to see more of them. So the fire spray 2832 or whatever <laughs> flies in. Uh, we assume that uh, big old Bobers is on there. And Mando flips out a little bit, tries to snap Grogu out of his thing, gets knocked back a little bit, and uh, goes to effectively, he's got to protect him now. Just wait for him to finish whatever he's doing, to, uh, downloading his data so he can go to administration and upload it. <laughs> You know, was, trying to get killed on the way. Yeah. It was uh, comical how many times. I, so you you guys brought up a good point that Din Jaren is is kind of an idiot in most of what he does. He <laughs> he really falls for a lot of tricks and and doesn't know what he's doing half the time. It seems like and gets saved by other people. How many times did he try and go in this force field and get knocked out? Like three times after the right. first I, time of getting knocked down. I don't think I would try it again. <laughs> I was totally thinking that I was like, he's just going to do the same thing again. I guess he's thinking if I try harder, I can do it this time because right. he does get further each time he does it. But yeah, it's that kind of like, dude, it, it didn't work the first two times. It's a jackal. Is it a jackal? It's a jackal. It's a jackal. jackal. Uh, <laughs> like, what? Come on. <laughs> what pissed me off too is like I'm at the beginning you have no problem saying his name over and over again to get a reaction because you're just being a dick but then when he's like you need to actually get his attention you don't even say his name you're just like hey kid right. hey kid 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 come on kid yeah. we gotta go it's like try Grogu <laughs> Why you not know that works name? yeah maybe maybe he's just a like a level two or three D&D character and he failed the check he's just gotta make the check again you can continue trying until you make it well, we've talked about this. He's a low level character with epic level gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like he's not the best at these things. He's a badass. He's a tank, but he doesn't always make the best choices. You're right. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that don't play D&D, it's like using the Rosebud cheat code in Sims <laughs> when you start and you just get a bajillion dollars and you have no idea what you're doing, but you're buying a lot of grandfather clocks. <laughs> like a ton and then you're building pools you're getting people yeah. inside then deleting the ladder and just kind of forgetting about them but Oof. but yeah so he goes down to effectively kind of hold up and he gets shot mm. at like a whole bunch really quickly mm. ducks behind a rock and as we've seen a couple times in this particular show and i'm not a huge fan of it someone attacks the mandalorian he hides and then they just have a conversation mm. yeah like i feel like Warning shots should fly pretty wide and not should have hit you if you didn't duck behind that rock. It was pretty aggressive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But they know he's a Mandalorian and he can handle it. So true. And he's and he's in Beskar, I guess, too. Yeah. If he gets hit, he's right. fine. Warning shots because, are because they're all, just headshots. <laughs> yeah. All, I was going to say all bolt, all uh, laser bolts always just hit him on the Beskar. Never hit him on the clothing part. Always in the Beskar. <laughs> I mean, well, because the stormtroopers are aiming for the clothing part. Ah, uh, that's exactly it. All right, got <laughs> it. <laughs> but these aren't stormtroopers here. No, this is the man himself. 
older gentleman uh, in a cloak. <laughs> I think they call him old man cloaker. <laughs> yes, exactly. And old man cloaker tells the Mandalorian that uh, he has his armor and he wants it back. And he's like, no, I got to take it somewhere. It's not yours. And in, true, like, yeah, it is. in true cultist fashion, why are you a Mandalorian? Because you're not allowed to have it. It's the rules. He was being but, real cagey with saying his name, too. Like, you could have just been like, hey, I'm a Mandalorian. Like, because he proves later that he technically is. So, like, why are you being all cagey about it right now? Like, I'm just a... He really wanted to say the words his father said. I'm just a man trying to make his way in the universe. You know? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, he is, in fact, insanely cagey. And then he points to... What was her name? Fennec. Fennec. Fennec up on the ridge with a gun pointed at Grogu and says, well, you know, you take me out before my body hits the ground. Uh, my sniper up there is going to take you both out, including that little kid. And then Mando says, well, if you if you kill me and the kid, then I'm going to kill both of you. And they kind of have this little back and forth. He says, drop the gun, call her down. He says, take off your jet pack, which. All right. Convenient um, plot point for later in the movie. Oh, yeah. You got to get rid of the cell phones. You yeah. know, minute one. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I thought that was kind of a weird move. Like, okay, so he can't just fly away? That's why you want him to take the jetpack off? So I guess if if he was going to go after the sniper, um, that would obviously be the, the way to, to do it quickly. I guess strategically it does make sense. Make your uh, your potential opponent less mobile. Yeah. So, yeah. But still. But what it does seem me, a little convenient. What bugged me is he takes the jetpack off. He sets it down right next to him. And then a little bit later, when he has to run back up to Grogu... He doesn't just throw the jetpack on and fire up there. Like it would have taken less time to put your jetpack on and get up there yes. than to run up there. So that kind of bugged me. I'm like, let's have him set it down and like Boba come up and like take it away or something. Be like the kick the gun away kind of thing. So it's not so easily available to him, you know? Right. It's, it almost seems like something they do in post. You know what I mean? Of like, <laughs> oh well, he had a jetpack the whole time. Why wouldn't he just go over there? Oh, let's Let's have him get rid of it when he talks to Boba Fett. Like, it just yeah. seems so, I don't know, forced, I it guess. Was a little forced, yeah. Little Dixie mm -hmm. Cuppy. Totally mm -hmm. agree. But, um, so, they de-escalate pretty quickly. Um, turns out that, what's her name? Fennec. 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 I keep wanting to say uh, that swear word that he always says. Dank. Fennec? Dank Ferric. It's very similar. Dink Fennec Ferric. and Ferric. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very, very close. You could just call her Mulan. Oh, that's who played Mulan? She voiced Mulan. And, oh, and, and Agent May. And yes. Chun Li. And in my dreams oh, wow. at night. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love Ming Na Yet when she I anything she's in, I'm a fan of because her choreography and her fighting skills are just chef's kiss. She's awesome. she's great, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's rad. Shit. Okay. And we remember her from season one um when he was on was that on Tatooine? Tatooine, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um they had a little interaction. Didn't she try to betray him? Yeah, she did. And, and then, then she, got she knocked he knocked her out and then she he just left her out there. And then we see like just booted feet up to her. And everybody was like, oh, my God, that's Boba Fett. And, everybody, and other people were like, no, that's stupid. You can't be Boba Fett already. And then later we find out, oh, it was Boba Fett. Well, I thought it was going to be Cobb Vanth because he had like all his gear. And I thought maybe he had the boots, too. And so it was like, oh, it's just Cobb Vanth mm -hmm. who was walking up there. And that's because honestly, I was kind of surprised they went the Boba Fett route because they were they were hinting at it so heavily. I was like, nah, that's too obvious. There's no way it's going to be Boba yeah. Fett. And then when I saw Slave 1, I was like, okay, so someone 
else is in there or like this guy is another clone or like uh, like one of the clones from the clone army that all like the the growth gene didn't take so he just aged yep. normally and he's gonna be that or something so when they, he was being cagey about saying he was what his name was i was like okay they're really playing the long con on this one they're gonna keep making you think it's boba and then it's not gonna be boba and everything but no it was <laughs> and yeah and that that so i guess that to that point they kind of just they are really cagey at first and then she just comes down and she's like yeah thanks to boba fett here and i was just like mm-hmm. oh okay i guess that was worth the build up um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the buildup was more for the abs of steel she has now. <laughs> like that was crazy. Right. That was actually kind of cool. I totally so missed cool. that because Lily said something about her being a robot, and I was like, "What are you? What? No, she's not a robot." And she's like, "Yeah, she like had wires in her stomach." And yeah. I was like, "Did I blink for too long? How did I miss that?" Yeah, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven over here. <laughs> <laughs> You're beautiful. Um, <laughs> super quick aside. Uh, personal story. Uh, my wife is looking at a knee replacement surgery and my son is terrified of it because he assumes that if she gets a knee replacement, that she will be part robot and it could control her and go wrong at any point. He's not wrong. Like actual, like we can't even talk about it around him because he gets upset because he assumes at some point someone will hack it. How old is your son? Nine. I am very proud of you that a nine year old is thinking that like sci-fi dystopian about something. That is amazing. (laughs) I love that. So, all of all of his fears are normally pretty rational. Not scared of monsters or you know ghosts. Scared of home invasions mostly. <laughs> and what if what if what if a robber breaks into our house and he doesn't like our stuff, so he kills us instead? Whoa, I was like, that's crazy. Uh, great question. Probably <laughs> we don't we don't really have nice things, so get ready. <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah, so she's got super sweet uh, turbo abs and everyone's cool. And they have that conversation about like, listen, that was my father's armor. It was given to me. And he's like, well, whatever. And is this the point where he talks about how they fought in this Mandalorian Civil War and stuff? Or is that later? Later. Once he shows him the, the chain code. OK. Yeah. So I think this is probably the point where then a Imperial shuttle comes down. Yeah. Another mm-hmm. ship. Another ship. Big one. Well, it's and like a, it's like the TARDIS because it must be way bigger on the inside, right? If you could tell, this is the same design as the troop transport we see in, I think, Force Awakens when they go on the planet. Um, that in the very first scene where Max von oh, Sydow yeah. is and everything, I'm pretty sure it's the same one that the First Order has. It's bringing all the troops around and everything. So that was pretty cool to see. Like, all right, transitional period now from Empire to First Order. So we're yeah. heading that direction. And they tease right. when they tease to that shot. I think it was from the front, and all you saw was the silhouettes. They did not look like stormtroopers. They looked like the dark troopers. And I was like, oh no! And yeah, then they were just stormtroopers. Hundred percent thought that's what was going to come out of there. And then yeah. it was just stormtroopers, and I'm like, oh, they're fine. Well, yeah, <laughs> whatever. His he can just beat him with a stormtroopers. Yeah, beat him with a stick. It's fine. <laughs> Hit him real hard with that. So um, I love, but yeah, we'll get into that. But uh, so Mando runs to Grogu to protect him, um, Boba Fett, and. Fennec. There you go. All right. Void. Fennec. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. So, and Fennec uh, take, uh, you know, 
defensive positions to be able to take out some of these guys and they, they just start laying into them. I do like when the stormtroopers come out and they're trying to start going up the hill and the one stormtrooper's like, oh, we can't go up there. There's too much fire. And he's just like, flank him, you idiot. Like, and then he, as soon as he stands up, he gets blasted. Yes. <laughs> well, my one note for this scene was, of course they're winning. They have the high ground. If Star, if Star Wars has taught us anything, you always I mean, win with the yeah. high ground. First rule. So but as long as somebody has the high ground, you win. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because even when when Darth Maul had the high ground on Obi Wan, he well, cut him in half. Obi Wan is the exception to the rule. He created the rule, so he's the exception to the rule. <laughs> Entirely. <Yeah. laughs> so Mandalorian gets up there. They're they're taking him out. Take or. Um, Boba Fett and Fennec are, are taking out the stormtroopers. Uh, he goes to try to get Grogu out of there, gets knocked back. Um, Does it again. Again. <laughs> and we get just get kind of a really cool action scene of, of stormtroopers and mortar troopers. I assume they have a specific name because he was yellow, which I'm sure designated his class or whatever. Probably mortar trooper. If Krager was here, I'm sure he would oh, give us he the, would, the battle. He would definitely the, know. Although yeah. I kind of geeked out on that because you don't see stormtroopers very often with the color classifications that clone troopers had. So when I saw that, I was like, right. that is so cool. Cause normally it's like a stupid orange uh, little pad, like a Pauldron. bean bag yeah. Yeah, on their, on their shoulder. I'm like, what's that doing? But the colors, I was like, yeah, bring that back. I love the colors. <laughs> Cause I'm a child. Same. Something so, other than white and black. Yeah. Please. Well, give me more product placement. That like very legitimately. I want to be able to see mm-hmm. the yellow classification stormtrooper with a little mortar set. Like I'm not going to buy it, but I just like that it exists because you'll, it, you'll pull I mean, off plenty the, of other people will buy it. Yeah, you'll right. pull it off the peg. You'll look at it, uh, get COVID all over it, and then put it back. And it, that's what we do <laughs> now. <laughs> Someone's been reading my blog. Okay. Um, but. Well, that was cool to see them with special weapons, not mm-hmm. just their blasters. We see two guys setting up a giant cannon mm-hmm. yeah some kind of rapid firing thing but i thought it was interesting that fennec is blasting all the guys around it but not shooting the guy setting up the big gun right well that was weird and but. i guess they do that little scene where she's looking through what i assume is the acog scope the only type of scope that you can use on a sniper rifle to be able to run and gun on a very regular basis um for our modern warfare fans but yeah. Yeah, she like looks at it at one point and it seems like she's going to take the shot, but she's like, oh, it's too late. So she ducks behind the rock or whatever. Yeah, but like, well, she yeah. has a she has Good enough time. Rocks. She has enough time to have him in her scope, look out of the scope at it, make a decision and then run. I'm like, you had him in the crosshairs, like just shoot. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? She could have definitely shot both guys that are building it in that time. But oh, yeah. They wanted the cool Indiana Jones scene instead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Running along the rock ledge that she had to climb up onto, which she very easily could have just stayed behind that rock line and not taken any of those shots whatsoever. I wasn't even thinking about that one, but yeah, it looked cool, but it was like, what are you doing? Right. Are you trying to get hit by stormtroopers? Because that's how you get hit by stormtroopers. I mean, when you're that good, you got to keep the spark alive somehow and make it interesting. So sometimes (laughs) to put yourself in danger and and no safe words, that's the way to do it. (laughs) So that's what she's doing. (laughs) So maybe it was a distraction to let Boba Fett make mm. obviously the smartest decision of any large squad firefight, which is take out your melee weapon. Yeah. Uh, Put away your rifle. Um, but that said, I loved this little scene of him literally just smashing armor. It was so cool. With that spike so club, good. which uh, that is a breacher weapon. Um so watching I, watching that armor shatter all over the place was so cool looking. Very yeah, satisfying. This 
this so this episode I, i'll have a hot take here this episode is my favorite episode of the series so far and even of the series wow. of the series Not just of the season no, of the series more than ahsoka wow. more than everything and i thought that when they brought boba i was gonna be like this is so stupid this is fanfare this is dumb who gives a crap and i realized something why because legitimately i had my mouth agape this whole episode and just felt like the first time i went to the theater to see the re-releases that's right the re-releases of the original trilogy when i was a kid and like i had that mm-hmm. feeling again and i realized what it was for my whole life i've wanted to be a fan of boba fett but he is so lame and stupid in Empire and Return of the Jedi that I could just never do it. Even in Clone Wars, I did not like him. This is the first time I can say mm. Boba Fett and be proud of it. I was so yeah. happy <laughs> about it. And I think that's what it is. Yep. It gave me like, finally, what is it, 50 years and I can say <laughs> Boba Fett is so cool. Well, we finally get a reason. We finally see some tangible evidence of why he was the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy when he went down. Yes. He's just kind of mentioned like the fact that Han Solo was scared of him was supposed to be enough, I guess, back then, because he was just he was just kind of a cool character that was there. He didn't really do anything. He had literally three lines. But, but his armor looks so cool. His armor looks yeah. amazing. But just seeing him smash these dudes apart with this stick, that looks so cool. It did. I wonder about the design of it is really interesting to me. It seems very uh, Pacific Islander. Yes. Which I'm I'm sure it, it is on purpose because the original actor of Boba Fett was was mm-hmm. Pacific Islander. He was mm-hmm. Maori. I forget his name. And the current actor, Tamara Morrison, mm-hmm. is as well. Oh. Um, which is why Boba Fett has that accent. Okay. Because the original actor just talked with his Maori accent, a New Zealand accent. So, um, so why one reason why Tamara Morrison was cast in the role initially, um, but to see him wield something like that that looks very akin to something those people would have was just kind of icing on the cake and made it even cooler. Well, it's yeah, it's a, it's it's a gaffy stick, which is what the Tuscan Raiders use. So when oh, the Tuscan Raiders like knock down Luke in the original, they're using that same exact six. So his time on Tatooine, he's collected this. And what I loved about it too is Tamara Morrison, like I keep joking because when he was Boba Fett in the past, he was doing CrossFit. Now he's a power lifter. This dude is a beast For of a sure. man now. Like he's, he's real big. And it was so cool because it was like Michael Myers just taking out these stormtroopers because he's yeah. beating them down then there's like one left and he just drops the stick and is dragging it as he's following this dude to just take him out and i'm like <laughs> this is so cool it was it, robert rodriguez directing this episode i could feel his touches so much in moments like that it was amazing well and i'll say for being on disney plus obviously they not not edited, but some of the violence is turned down a little bit. Mm-hmm. They don't show everything. That's but, just Star Wars, I yeah. think. Yeah. But, yeah. but being able to watch him just stab that last dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. was awesome. Right through that flimsy um, plastic armor. Oh, so why satisfying. Why do they even wear it? I know. I don't and know I'm, why they wear it. <laughs> it's so useless. <laughs> it is. And I'm really glad you, you brought up that hot take earlier, Jordan, because I, I completely agree. I always thought Boba Fett was really cool looking. He looked mm-hmm. rad. But when you analyze him in the original trilogy there's there's really not a lot going on there and i feel the exact same way boba fett's a 
badass now. Oh, yeah. I, I suppose he always was, but now we actually see why. We right. know. Um, we can. We have visual evidence now. We can tell people that like to crap on Boba Fett that, but look at this. Look at this thing. Because even in the comics they did with him where he makes it out of the Sarlacc pit, by the end of that comic series, he's back in the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> like... Really? What? Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. That. I'm pretty sure. I think it's called like blood ties or something. I have it on my shelf somewhere, but I'm pretty sure at the end of it, I remember thinking, so you had him survive the Sarlacc just to have him get eaten by the Sarlacc again? That's really stupid. <laughs> that seems like a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it also kind of makes sense of like, it almost like gets rid of the like, oh, Boba Fett made it out of the Sarlacc pit. That's stupid. And it's like, well, don't worry. <laughs> He's going He's back, right back in. in there. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the pile. Um, I think we need to give Fennec some credit here, too, uh, for how awesome she mm -hmm. was during the fight. Uh, kicking that big rock down that yeah. ran over like three guys that didn't just get out of the way. Um, and then I love the shot of her like jumping off oh. uh, another rock face and then like turning backwards in the air and still shooting as she's falling. Yeah. Was just so cool looking. She's such a badass. Oh, yeah. She is. It was it was a little much for me because using a rifle like that and just taking out a bunch of dudes that are just not shooting at her for some reason and also not shooting at Boba Fett removed me just a little bit. Fair. But... But it looked cool. It looked Star awesome. Wars. That's yeah, what it matters. Looks yes. great. It was, it's a Vin Diesel move. Like, it's unnecessary, but it's cool. <laughs> yes. So but then, then she lands and there's like eight more dudes coming. I'm like, how many guys fit in this thing? They've literally killed like 30 at this point. Yeah. Well, they like, had a second I, I one. They had a second one show up. They had a second one show up by this so, point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so after she jumps off that little cliff and she lands and it's like, oh crap, there's more. I'm pretty sure it looked like the other one had landed and dropped him off and then went to like back up the first one because there's no way that many guys could fit in there. There's just no, I don't, I don't think it had dropped yet because uh, after they, for the most part, take out the majority of that first wave, uh, Boba Fett sees the razor crest mm. open mm -hmm. and I believe notices his, his armor in there and, and heads that way. And then the second ship drops and she gets overrun a little bit. Right. Mm. Um, I'm just saying maybe it dropped guys off somewhere else to flank them. Oh. And then it went back over to what the other one was. Gotcha. That could be. Cause, yeah. Cause Mandalorian shows up at this point when she gets a little overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, and uses, what are they called? The songbirds or whispering birds or whistling birds. Oh. I think. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't ask me, I'd be able to tell you. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do here. Um, so Mando finally comes to, goes down to help her, and just straight bodies the shots for her. Mm -hmm. So um, good. I I do love that part, and and kind of to to allude back to what we had talked about in the previous episode of him just kind of not being a good, not being a a super skilled person. His primary function here is I am shooting dudes with a pistol and just bodying these shots. Um, and I feel the actor does actually a pretty solid job at flinching pretty heavily from those hits. Like he's being staggered. They are, they are connecting and they are moving him physically back. Um, while they're not, you know, killing him straight outright. I mean, he is certainly being beanbagged effectively over and over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah, then he, he uses those whispering birds to take out all those dudes. I feel like it's the the same thing. What was it? The rumble in the jungle was that uh, Muhammad Ali and George Floyd? Is that who was the boxers? Yeah, and he just kept taking the punches and letting them tire themselves out, and then knocked them out. I feel like that's what he does sometimes. He's like, "Yeah, keep shooting at me and waste your time while I'm here gonna do." Like even on the ship with um, 
Christ, uh, why am I blanking on it? Bo-Katan, he kind of just went out there. Yeah, 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 exactly. Was just kind of taking the shots and then threw the grenades. I feel like that's just his style of fighting. He can take the pain, so he'll just do it. Because he's Mm. emotionally hurt. What is physical pain? (laughs) (laughs) That's what my wife says to me all the time. (laughs) Um, She doesn't like to leave bruises. So then... (laughs) A tube sock filled with Valencia oranges. Hey, those um, oranges are from where I live. Valencia oranges. Oh, so my hometown. Of, my actually, hometown. Gregor uh, sent me a message. I guess the scene was shot like in his backyard. Yeah. So I was going to bring that up a little bit. I was going to bring it up a little bit later. I can't find anywhere on the internet confirming that it is. So outside our hometown, there's a place called Vasquez Rocks where they filmed uh, the old Star Trek episode Arena with the Gore. Goron or Gorgo or whatever yeah. the lizard thing is. Um, and that's where they film a lot of stuff. Fireflies film there. I'm pretty sure that area back where it's a little bit less rocky and has a bit more vegetation is where they filmed this scene because it says LA, but this is the only place in LA. Cause I mean, growing up there, you see a lot of the spots where they f- typically film a lot. This is yeah, really only could be that area. So I'm pretty sure Craiger is hmm. 100% correct that like where his grandparents live, this is where it was filmed. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so as uh, Fennec and Mando continue, I mean, they're, they're plowing through guys, but they're getting overwhelmed pretty quickly. Um, out comes Boba Fett and Boba Fett armor. <sighs> so cool. To Ugh. just wreck face. Wreck face. Uh, knee missiles, taking people out with a revolver <laughs> thing. Yeah, knee missiles and- the coolest thing ever. <laughs> He's got whistling knees. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I had a case of the whistling these once. It got better, but um, I love the the one dude he takes out. He like punches him and like launches him or whatever. Yes. Like he fires some type of thing out of his wrist. He's got so wrist rockets. Wrist rocket to just launch that dude. Super cool scene. Yeah, and also yeah. just bodying shots. I I love it too because like he's got a little bit of the like big belly kind of going on there. Like it's like coming over a little bit and it reminded me. So I have this picture that I don't know the artist, but uh, this person drew Boba Fett reimagined as like a Shogun warrior, but like a very large menacing Shogun warrior. That sounds great. Oh, it's so Mm. cool. And like his armor does kind of go down and there's a little bit with like a big belt because it's like a big dude. And it reminded me so much of that where this dude is just so large now. And that armor kind of looks a little small on him, but it works because it's so just intimidating. I loved it. I loved the yeah. whole design of it. It was great. Um, so they continue just blowing these dudes apart and they retreat is obviously well, two guys in Beskar. Yeah. You can't do anything to one Mando. You're not going to do anything to two. Um, I love, and I'm assuming it was CGI or at least really good motion capture, but as they're getting back on the ship, there's that one last stormtrooper that kind of <laughs> has to like jump on the platform. Yeah. Yes. But does this like this, terrified turnaround when he looks around when he's finally safe on the ship being like they're not coming right like, <laughs> yeah how funny would it have uh, been if he I, like just barely missed it and so like they take off and he kind of like looks around and just runs off into the wilderness <laughs> 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 oh no so they go away boba fett walks up the little reticule thing comes down <sighs> so, on his thing and he fires that missile backpack uh at the bottom ship and I love this. No, he oh, no, fires, he, yeah, at, he the fires at the bottom one. Um, and it hits the top one, which then explodes and careens into the bottom one and takes out both ships. Um, so then Din's like, nice shot. 
And Boba Fett goes, I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> and I loved that so much because when I saw which one he targeted and which one was hit, I was like, he didn't even target that one. That's stupid. And then he says that and I was like, oh, okay. So like his armor is clearly not perfect anymore. It's It's been, I gotta mean, he went through a Sarlacc Got to get a little recalibrated. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a really great scene until the tragedy of the episode happens. Oh, I was just going to say the real tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Huge laser comes out of the sky, blows up the razor crest. No, gone. Toasted. He just got it fixed in forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so it's probably going to take at least a hard you, fifty-five now. You know what really bothers get me? Back up and operational. What really bothers me is when they're like, "Okay, so we're we're saying right now that this ship up here has a giant laser cannon that can blow up a ship and create a giant crater." And then the three people that are the last remaining thing standing between you and Grogu and may possibly come into being a problem later in the series are standing right next to it. Um, why don't you just shoot another laser directly next to where you just shot a laser and take the three of them out at the same time also, and then you have no more problems to worry about anymore. Yeah. So that, well, the, that the big the big problem here is that laser lasers are expensive. <laughs> And Moff Gideon just didn't have the clearance to fire more mm. than one yeah. from Thrawn. So it was just like, we don't, you know, it's just not in the coffers at the moment. Yeah. But you make a really good point. He'd, he'd <laughs> they just blast out, him some more. Yeah. He'd have to fill out a report and he really hates Mary from HR. So he was just like, not going to do it. <laughs> to follow up on that too, makes a lot of sense. They just lost like 18,000 dudes. So he's got Severance's packages mm, to pay yeah. out to the remaining spouses and families mm. and He's got to sign a whole bunch of, I'm the, sorry. Two cards. of those shuttles are gone. Yeah. Those are yeah. probably worth billions, man. Yeah. Like that's a lot of technology. Cause I bet they are space worthy. Probably similar billions. <laughs> oh my God. Never tried to read that. No, I never tried to read. Um, <laughs> if it's not on audible, I'm not going to get to it, but yeah. So ship's gone. Do you think he this starts, means that the Razor Crest is just done for the series and that maybe Boba is going to give him Slave One to use from now on? Or what do you think? Because like this thing, like all that's left of it is his knob that Grogu likes to play with. So, I mean, what is how are you going to fix that? I mean, to be fair, Mando's knob is really hard <laughs> yes. to be able to take a direct shot like that um, and still be around. Yeah. So I mean, knobs got staying power. If, Good for him. If anyone's had their early twenties like I've had, we all have pretty hard knobs. So uh. <laughs> I mean, no wonder Grogu can't keep his hands off it. Yeah. So he runs up uh, to to Grogu, who has finished his uh, force facts um, that he's sending out, and, and he goes sleepy time, taking a little nap. Oh, it's so adorable. Uh, as as he's running up there, we switch over to this Imperial cruiser where Grand Moff Gideon mm -hmm. Moff, yeah. or just Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. I don't know if he's Grand Moff or not. Um, confirms is like, hey, dark troopers on their way yet. And the, the officer's like, uh, yeah, it's in process. And <laughs> then they come flying out. They got their own Iron Man jets. Yep. I, I, John Favreau I, figured out how to put Iron Man in the Star Wars universe. Good for him. <laughs> 
Uh, Iron Man's drones, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. I wasn't in love with their aesthetic. Me neither. They came flying out, and I was like, oh, they got jetpacks, too? Are they, like, stormtrooper versions of Mandalorians? Because that would be super cool. I was like, oh, they're robots. Yeah. So, yeah. do you guys... I'm not as in love with that. Do you guys droids. know the background of the Dark Troopers? Because I, have a, I nope. have a mild knowledge of it, so I was hoping maybe you could fill in some gaps. Because I know it's from one of the old video games, which I think was Jedi Outcast, possibly. What's the one with Kyle Katarn in it? Uh, is this a recent game no, or an older no, game? No, like 90s, like a PC 90s game. F- oh, then, oh, no, gotcha. I didn't yeah, play that. No, I'm pretty- I played the one where you played pretty much... Um, was it Dark Fett? Child? Was that his oh, name? Well... Are you talking about Bounty Hunter, where you played Jang- Django? No, this was um, it was like for the Nintendo sixty four. It's it's a named Bounty Hunter guy that was like obviously supposed to be just as cool as Boba oh, Fett, the, but wasn't. What is that? Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire Something was Han, was Dash Rendar, who's the Han Solo yeah. knockoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sorry, that's what I meant. Well, you yep. do fight. That's you do fight Boba in that in that video game you there's a there's a boss fight with boba but i'm talking about as a video game kyle katarn i think was in it and the whole thing i think it was jedi outcast i may be incorrect but the whole thing is these dark troopers they came in phases and i believe when they first started they were um androidish like they were cybernetic but they had some type of organic material in them as well so they were a weird hybrid of and i thought that's what they were referring to when they wanted grogu and his like midichlorians or I'm sorry, yes. his M's. Um, and they his were going to take, like, yeah, they were going to take these people and turn them into like super soldier cybernetic things. And that was going to be the dark troopers. But no, the dark troopers are just like freaking robots. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, Krieger had a bunch of info about that a couple episodes ago when yeah. we first saw them a little bit. Um, at the end of the siege yeah. episode, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and um, Grand Admiral, from, yeah, from what I, Grand Admiral Thrawn, I think has uh, dark troopers and rebels as well, like a version of these things. But they're still just like not as cool robots, kind of like the old uh, um, robots from the prequels and stuff. So yeah, if I recall what Craig was talking about, yeah, it did come in phases. There was right. like phase one, two, three, or something like that. And as time went on, they got more and more robotic yes right yes organic material which is kind of weird because like they already have like security droids and stuff that we know from rogue one are can be incredibly effective in combat yeah like k2so was just yeah brutes magoots when he was given a gun but like yeah i wasn't in love with these if they had looked more like security droids if they had looked a little less humanoid like i don't know I wasn't in love with them, but I was like, okay, something that'll be a real threat to Mando. Sure. I'm cool. Well, with that. They kind of also and looked a very, like it was almost like they thought, okay, I want Iron Man, but let's take uh, the Marines from Warhammer 40 K and just like put their helmets on it. And that's kind of what it looked like to me. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Um, so as, as we've talked about in the show before, you know, we only got 30 minutes, so they move it right along. Those, mm-hmm. those dark troopers get down, grab Gogu, yep. take off. Yep. Um, Mando, honestly, with his jetpack, you know, over by that rock still, had no chance of getting there in time and back. Mm-mm. But they're gone. They took off. And Yeah, and then Boba Fett in the Slave One confirms there's a Imperial cruiser above, and he's like, I'm not going to take that on, basically. Yeah. And then it was interesting because I was like, Fennec was giving him orders. She's like, no, disengage, come back. And he's like, all right. Well, I think he was go- he yeah. was he was going to shoot down the dark troopers and she was like, "No, don't right. do that. They have 
they have the kid. And I think Boba was almost at the thought of, well, if this kid has something that's going to aid the Empire, I'm just going to kill him along with it because collateral damage. Sorry, I don't want the Empire to get even more powerful if they're trying to make a comeback. I know what they're like. So I think that was his thought process. And she was like, no, 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 you don't do it because otherwise we're going to have angry Pedro Pascal over here. Take it and take off his helmet with his long hair and, and then never put it back on. So um, I think that's kind of why she was giving that order. It was more like his call than it was Boba's call to take the kid out or Grogu out. So, right. yeah. Um, so they get away. They once again have Grogu. Shucks. So I thought it was going to happen at the end of the episode before with Ahsoka, mm. but it happened now, yeah. which I knew I figured it was going to happen at some point. It kind of had to. Yeah. Can we all applaud the writers of this show to not do another side mission? I was convinced that we weren't getting to Tython until the last episode of the series. I was like, all right, right. we're going to go on another yeah. side quest to figure out where Tython is and stuff. But no, right into it. I was very happy with that. And so what was the Jedi from Rebels that you guys were talking about? Ezra, Ezra Bridger. Ezra, Bridger. Ezra, Ezra Miller. So... <laughs> So it was my impression initially that like, oh, well, he sent out his, he sent Grogu sent out his force facts. Mm. Um, his ship's gone. So everyone's been talking about this Ezra guy being out there. So obviously Ezra comes and gets him off the planet. Um, Cause I did not assume that Boba Fett was going to be sticking around. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that that was like a little too much, mm-hmm. but not, not the case. They all, they all, Boba Fett joins the fucking party mm. and they head over back to, it's not tattooing. No, Navarro. Or was Navarro. it? Navarro. Yeah, Jane's addiction plays a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but back on the Imperial Cruiser, oh, that was the other, I guess, bit of that as um, Boba Fett climbs uh, to chase them, to follow them a little bit instead of attacking them. He's like, Oh shit, the Empire's back. Yes, and he, which is funny to me, I don't get why he's so scared about that because he worked for the Empire for a while in, for the, as a bounty hunter and stuff, so I don't get why he's so scared of that, but um, it makes he's sense. He contracted for the Empire. Okay, sorry, 1099. Uh, don't, he was, yeah, yeah. If he gets paid under $600, doesn't need to pay taxes. I get it, I get it. He didn't even need to claim it. <laughs> nope. So, um, and it was really subcontracted, really, because didn't he end up, didn't he get Han Solo for Jabba, really, at the end of the day? Yeah, he was getting paid from both just, sides. I mean, Boba Fett's a smart he guy. Is. No wonder he's feared. He is. Not only is he going to get paid once, he's not going to get paid a second yeah. time. Good on him. Yeah. Vertical, vertical integration. Yeah, he's um, very good. I, Boba Fett's strongest power. He's going to be at the Marriott uh, Garden Inn giving a speech pretty soon on how you <laughs> can make money like him. <laughs> So back on that Imperial cruiser, uh, Moff Gideon is is entering this holding cell where Grogu is being kept, and he is just force smashing <laughs> these stormtroopers all over the place. So great! It was one great. of the stormtroopers that comes in with Gideon is like uh, setting phaser to stun or whatever, and he's just like, "No, no, no! I want to see this. <laughs> let let him do it." As Grogu force chokes one of them, then force chokes the other one, starts to get tired, so he just slams them into each other and then into the walls. I Impressive. love the idea of uh, Sith Yoda here or Sith Baby Yoda uh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. I did not expect him to go down this route. I hope it is not cheapened later on 
I hope that this is something they really flesh out and put him down this path and do some really cool storytelling with it instead of just getting him to the edge and then he chooses love over evil and it's all just a wash. Um, I really hope that is not the case. But well, from a writing stand, this was a really awesome from scene. a writing standpoint. I hate to wreck your optimism on this, but here's why I yeah. don't think they're going to do that. They were very specific to not let him kill those stormtroopers. Now, if he was force choking them and he ended up killing those two stormtroopers and then he tired himself out, I would agree that maybe they're going to let him, which I wish they would have done because then it puts a thought in your mind a little bit more. But when I saw that, I was like, okay, he beat up these stormtroopers, but the stormtroopers lived and they're okay, which makes me think he's not fully going to go like they're teasing it, but they're not fully going irredeemable on it either. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about that too, that it's going to be the same story that you hear a million times. And I, I want to pick being Darth Reaven. I mean, come on. That's what I want to pick. So, Oh, I would love, I would love, I mean, so really in my, in my heart of hearts, having Keanu Reeves playing Darth Revan would be like the greatest thing in the, in the world. Um, but so I guess, and secretly optimistically also in my heart of hearts, I was hoping that he just tuckered himself out. He just, he was trying to choke them to Mm -hmm. death and just didn't have it in him. So he just kind of gave up, slammed them and fell asleep. Yeah, maybe that's um, it. I mean, retcon that way. That sure. Just to confirm the uh, the unconscious child, they they do stun him, <laughs> and I, I really like that little ring that it shoots out. Because have we ever seen that outside of A New Hope? Oh, you, you see it in the animated ones here and there. Yes. For sure. Okay. Yes, it's definitely discussed. But mm. I dug that they knock him out. They cuff him. Yeah, the tiniest little and cuffs. Like, do they just have all different <laughs> sizes of, of cuffs? Because they like they had giant ones for Chewbacca, and then you got these itty bitty ones. For him. <laughs> I mean, they kind of have to with all the different aliens true, out there yeah, in that yeah. in their galaxy. They probably just have like a closet full of different size handcuffs. It's just a box he's digging. Oh, I need baby cuffs. That probably means cuffs? that probably means there's someone whose job title is like manager of cuffs or something. Like his sole job, <laughs> cuff designer. Yeah. <laughs> Cuff Janeer. <laughs> um, super quick aside, right now on Amazon for $10, you can buy the um, Monopoly Cheaters Edition. Oh, no. Which comes with a pair of handcuffs. It encourages you to cheat and not get caught. But if you do get caught, uh, you have to tether yourself physically to the jail space, oh. <laughs> which I thought was really neat. That's pretty That's cool. Fun. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, then we. I have a question for you before, yeah. since we're on this part, real quick. When. Gideon is standing on the bridge and they're in hyperspace, even before when they're showing the ship in hyperspace from the exterior. Did the hyperspace look wrong to you? Because it looked wrong to me. It did seem different. I did notice. I was like, that doesn't seem like it usually looks, does it? I couldn't put my finger on what was different, but I felt, okay, that's not real hyperspace that I'm used to. Hmm. So I don't know. I just thought I was hoping it was just me, but maybe, yeah, if you notice that too, then maybe they did something different. I don't know. Mm. That's a good question. It could have just been artistic license kind of thing. Or they could be teasing the fact that this ship has, what was that thing that could pull? Oh no, they've done it in the star Wars universe already. Haven't they? There was a ship in the expanded universe that could pull ships out of hyperspace so like when you would hyperspace by them, they would stay mm. in the path and it would pull them out without them knowing so they could attack them. And I think it was in Yikes. the Timothy Zahn novels with Thrawn when he was originally there. I think it was called like a sun destroyer or something like that was the name of it. Um, 
But yeah, I was wondering if they were kind of teasing that like, oh, this is a new class you've never seen because it travels through hyperspace in a different way. So, hmm. so I will say because this show is so direct and straightforward all the time, similar to whenever you watch the recap before the episode mm-hmm. and it shows a character from season one, you're like, oh, well, they're alive and back and in this episode mm-hmm. um, like they did with Fennec in this one. And oh, they did it with Mithril. Yeah, yeah. Mithril. Um, so if it looked different than normal, I have to assume it's on purpose for something probably like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Just yeah. They the don't way John Favreau works. They don't seem to do things without reason. It's true. Things like that. It's true. Yeah. They, and he, I'm sure John Favreau has, cause we did learn that John Favreau from the beginning knew that the name was going to be Grogu or Dave, Dave Filoni or someone knew who was on the writing team. Like, Hey, this is going to be, how are we going to introduce this? I have a, I have a feeling yeah. they know where they're going from now till the end of season four or five. They have it mapped out and they're like, yep. this is what we're doing. So yeah, they, they're, they got it. They got a plan. So these small little things probably do mean something. And I guess before we move off the Imperial cruiser as well, the other thing that almost seemed petty, especially for the actor that's playing um, Moff Gideon, of just kind of like taunting Grogu with the dark saber being like, when's the last time you saw one of these? <laughs> Don't touch it. Um, no, it's not a lightsaber. Just struck me. I, I don't know. I, I was off put by it just a little well, bit. It felt like a little out of character. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a writing choice for them to be like, hey, remember this guy's bad. <laughs> like that's, I feel like that's all it was for to be right. like, this guy's the bad guy. So he has to say these villainous things. And he has the dark saber, which we can bring up once every other episode, mm. just to make sure that everyone knows that that'll be a bigger plot point later. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it will. I mean, I, we know that they're creating the Avengers team, Star Wars universe style right now. Cause we mm. got Boba, we got Mando, we got Fennec, we got, um, uh, Bo or, uh, Bill Burr. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Well, we have Bill, oh, yeah. Bill Burr coming back it seems like Bo-Katan out there Ahsoka out there I'm like okay are we gonna have like this crazy team up where they're gonna take him on and they're gonna get the dark <sighs> saber back now or what's gonna happen I wanna see that happen next season so get all these people together here's here's what I could see the Avengers. So, and I <laughs> And I guess before I say this, we'll we'll finish this last scene here where they end up going back to Navarro. Uh, he talks to Dune, who's now an official marshal of the um, the New Republic. And he has her look up Bill Burr's character from season one, the prison escape to see where he is because he needs to break him out. Because apparently he's one of the only people that can help him break Grogu mm-hmm. out. Right. Um, he seems good at that. Yeah. So initially she's a little resistant to that plan because she has to follow the rules now. But then he tells her that they have the kid. So obviously she's going to, you know, change her mind. She's like, oh, he's so cute. I got to help. Yeah. What'd you call him? Grogu? Who's who, that? Who is that? Um, who? So I could certainly see at this point, I, I think we could potentially defeat Moff Gideon in this season. And here's why. Um, the Darksaber has been talked about quite a bit. He has pretty much assembled a team of Mandalorians. You have Boca Raton. You have... Um, now Boba Fett literally already in the party. Um, they're going to go get Gro- Grogu back this season. Probably in the next episode, we'll be getting Bill Burr out. Mm. Um, and we'll get, you know, a, a little scenario at the start of the episode showing us part of the prison thing from the that prison episode. Bill Burr, I really enjoy Bill Burr a lot. 
I love that he is in this. They're bringing him back and he fucking hates Star Wars and has a bunch of material about like neck beards arguing over Star Wars. So I super dig that they're bringing him back. Also, I loved his little arm with the pistol thing on it. I thought it was red, but apparently so he's a sharpshooter. Yeah. What was this thing? You have a computer yeah. doing it for you. I mean, come on, you're a pretty good sharpshooter then. <laughs> Use the instruments, Luke. <laughs> Don't use the force. That's what it's made for. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I see him assembling team of Mandalorians or not assembling them, but going there with probably Boba Fett and uh, Bill Burr trying to break them out. And then Boca Rattan comes in at the last minute and saves them uh, Millennium Falcon style. Uh, they get Grogu back. They get the Darksaber. And then next season... Oh, so at the end of the, the season, uh, they kill the bad guy, they get the Darksaber, they get Grogu back, and then you pan out of uh, Admiral Thrawn being like, oh, he got my general. No, I'm going to do stuff about it. And then I, that'll set up Thrawn for season three. I would 100% agree with that assessment, except for the fact that we know there's an Ahsoka spinoff series happening. And I think Thrawn's oh. going to be the main villain of that, not this. Okay. So I agree with, otherwise I think that's spot on. Yeah, I agree with both your statements though. Um, Switzerland over here. <laughs> Let me tell you why, because <laughs> so this season is very uh, reminiscent of the first season and it's poetry. It rhymes. No. Um, so the first season we see this story arc of, of what's going on with a bunch of side quests and then who we think is the big bad ends up getting killed. And then there's a bigger bad and they've been kind of setting it up this way too, with the name of uh, with Thrawn's name and all that setting it up where a bunch of side quests. Okay. Something bad happens where we have to fix it. And then the big bad we think is the big bad is going to be a bigger bad. So I think that Gideon is going to be killed. They're going to get the dark saber back. Now they mentioned Thrawn. And if there isn't confirmation that Ahsoka is going to have her own spinoff, I mean, it's kind of confirmation, but also they could have leaked this just to throw you off in the wrong direction with a red herring. But I don't think it's going to be Thrawn in this. What I think is going to end up happening is we're going to find out that, that possibly a Snoke level character is going to be the next big bad. And then he's going to be the Thanos for the remainder of whatever they're going to do for this series. Right. Because we know that, well, this little doesn't work in the timeline. We know they're shooting an Obi-Wan mm -hmm. series. We know they're shooting an uh, Cassian Andor series, which why <laughs> I only one I haven't been excited about. I don't care about him at yeah, all. I could have, I think he's could have cared less about that guy. <laughs> If they if they still have Alan Tudyk as K two SO, I will watch that yeah. show. But oh, K two SO's in it. If I he, assume he has to. He has to be because Alan Tudyk was the the, the shining part of that whole movie. I love that character. Oh my God, he was so good. character was straight trash. Yeah, I didn't care about him in the least. If K two SO was on that show, I will love it probably. But I know there. I think what they're going to be doing here is kind of making like um, like how the, we had the MCU and then we had like the Netflix verse. Mm. I think we're going to have like kind of the Disney plus verse. We're going to have these interconnected shows. And I think Thrawn is going to be the overarching bad mm -hmm. guy for all those shows. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get to see him a little bit here. Um, I, I doubt we'll see Thrawn before this season's over. Maybe season three, we'll get a little taste of that. Um, here's, but here's why I don't think we're done with Ahsoka and Thrawn in this particular series, because John Favreau has been working with Disney for a long time, specifically mm -hmm. on starting the Marvel cinematic universe. They will fully develop this, the like the entire plot for the spinoff show in this mm. series before going over there. Fair. I don't think they'll do a breadcrumb that will be 
fulfilled somewhere else, they're going to Avengers this, bring it all together in this show. And then once the characters are already fully established, we'll then have a side story. That's, so I you're doing think, like Avengers backwards. Almost. Well, that's yes. very, yep. oh, and they'll be do it better than DC. No, um, what, what, uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously the, uh, that's actually very intuitive because I would fully agree with that because let's be honest, a lot of casuals are watching the Mandalorian. So they hear names like Thrawn. They're like, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a name, whatever they, most people don't even know who Ahsoka is. That's watching this. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, they're like Ahsoka searches skyrocketed after she got name exactly. dropped. Exactly. So I'm sure was. that their thought process is okay for the hardcore fans. They're going to know what's going on. But what about the casuals who don't know what's going on? We need to introduce these mm-hmm. characters to get them invested. Otherwise, they're not going to go to this spinoff on name alone. So that's very intuitive. Mm-hmm. I correct. think you're correct. They will have Thrawn be a part of the series in some capacity just to wet your whistle a little bit and get you excited for it. Yep. I hope so. I'd love to see what they do with him or who they cast oh. for him, or if it's just like early uh, iterations of Thanos where it wasn't really anybody yet. If right. Um, like the first shot of Thanos, at the end of Avengers wasn't really played by anybody. That's why I'm saying like, literally I see Thrawn, uh, Thrawn being introduced as like a panning shot of the back of his head, looking at a monitor or something. Right. Yes. It's not going to be anything committal outside of <laughs> this is obviously Thrawn and we are obviously introducing i'd be pretty okay with that that would be pretty awesome moment just like his black hair you see like the the back of his blue neck and the white suit popped white collar or something computer screen of the red eyes and the blue skin but not enough to define it very similar to the the thanos at the end of the avengers movie like the thing i'm heavily shaded the thing i'm scared about with a thrawn being introduced is if they don't cast lars mickelson as the person they need to have his voice because he voiced him in rebels and it's Mads Mikkelsen's brother. That is, Oh, okay. yeah, that is the voice that I always thought Thrawn would sound like when I would read the Timothy Zahn novels. And when he showed up in rebels, I was like, spot on spot on. I don't know who Lars Mikkelsen is. Great. Like I've never, I didn't even know Mads Mikkelsen had a brother spot on. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like- so I was like, they got to keep that voice because that's him. Oh yeah, he could totally do. He look I just paint him blue. You're good he to looks, go. He looks like Thrawn. Yeah, he's got the very like structured uh sharp features on his face and everything. So like he could easily be easily be that way. <laughs> okay. Just got to give him a little prosthetics on his forehead. Yeah. He's a great actor too. Yeah. So that's the, I, I uh, the only thing in the back of my head that I I almost think he's too old physically to play Thrawn. Mm. Obviously they could, that's not really an issue for, for Disney money, but um, I guess in my head, I think someone just a little bit more lanky, but well, here's, I've seen some good casting out there. People saying like Daniel Craig mm. would be a good one. Or, um, that was another one. I Daniel saw Craig's too square faced. He's too muscular. I love Mads Mikkelsen as him, but we've already had him in the yeah, Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. We could potentially have him again, but I don't see that happening. I don't either, especially it's real close. Who's the guy who played the dad or the stepdad in um, Shaun of the Dead? I know he's a famous actor and has been in a lot of other oh, stuff. Um, oh, damn it. You, again, if you ask, yeah, I can picture him now. I can picture him, picture him too. Oh, man. Bill Nye? What's that? Is it Bill Nye? I think so. Oh, uh... Oh, I tend to get him and somebody else mixed up all the time. Um, I could see him as a great Thrawn because he has that very angular, sharp features, very thin. Or uh, the guy that sounds just like him, Bill Nye. Also, <laughs> great slender feature for that. Yeah, I, I would totally be fine. Oh God, I would love Bill Nye yeah, as Bill Thrawn. Bill Nye there, he just throws some science at it and it's all perfect. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm trying to find. Yeah, Bill Nye is. Uh, it played in Shaun of the Dead, the dad. Yeah. So um, you were correct. Uh, here's the thing. Thrawn should be older because he's middle-aged or looks middle-aged. I don't know how Chiss, I honestly don't know how they age. Yeah, right. What's their biology? Yeah, but he looks middle-aged in Rebels. And we're, what, like eight years out from when Rebels took place? Plus, they had the weird, pur- they okay. had the weird purgle space whale hyperspace thing happen at the end, which... We don't know. Could they have traveled through time a little bit? I mean, they introduced time travel in Rebels. Could the Purgles have like maybe shot them somewhere and he lived for 25 years somewhere else and then came back to this time and he's aged quite a okay. bit? I don't know. They could they could literally do whatever they want with it. Right. Um, you know who else I could see as it? Mark Strong. I love Mark Strong. Who? I don't know who Mark Strong is. What does he play? Um, he was in the first Iron Man movie briefly. He was in um, what else the is Kingsman movies. Gotcha. I, I know yeah. who he is. I don't know his name. I'm looking at his face right now. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really he, he good. He looks a lot like Stanley Tucci, who would also probably be a good yeah. pick. Well, it's Star Wars. They can pick whoever they want and yeah. they will come and be happy about it. Yes. They'll probably find see somebody that's been in Marvel movies at some point because John Favreau is so involved mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to think of who would be a good fit from from that huge list of people uh yeah. chris pratt who would you <laughs> mm. i was gonna say anthony hopkins <laughs> oh, i'd be down with anthony um, hopkins and then, and then and then if thrawn <laughs> ate some people <laughs> i'd be all for it <laughs> um and then as ezra yes christopher mintz plaza yes really sure I, all right why not i haven't seen him in a while McLovin. Oh, that's oh, McLovin. So I was like, I have to look that name it. up. I don't know who it is. <laughs> uh, Red I Mist, I guess, is... I, I loved him as Red Mist and Kick-Ass. Oh, that's so funny. I thought he was so good. <laughs> but... I could see that. Because um, Ezra, we last saw when he was like 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Again, with the whole Space Whale thing, he could be older or he could have aged normally, so he'd be in like his late 20s. Yeah. Um, mid, mid to late 20s. So like, that's... You know, there are tons of people that could play him. Yeah. Um, but that's it. We have two episodes left. Uh, There's almost too little left to be able to fit any of this, I feel like. Oh, yeah. But two episodes and so much speculation. And the next episode, yes. they've leaked the time of it. And it's like another 30 minute episode or something. Like, why are these Come so on. short? Why are they so short? Seriously. Give us 45 at, at least. least. The the Ahsoka episode being 45 was so nice. Yeah, I loved it. Yep. So hopefully the season finale is three hours. Three hours. Yes. Long I to agree. make up for hey, a lot So I have of some notes I want to mention here real quick that I didn't, I wasn't able to sprinkle in while we were talking about it. Uh, yeah. So this was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, most people know mm. the name, you know, from Dust Till Dawn, Spy Kids. There you go. I was going to say Spy yeah. Kids. But did you guys know he directed a Demi Lovato music video for that Confidence song? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know that. Don't know the song. Yeah. Yep. So that's pretty funny. And then, uh, so do you guys know the comms officer that's, uh, been every time Gideon's around, it's the girl in like the little hat and the high hair yeah. and all that. Her name is Katie O'Brien. Um, and she has actually been in the walking dead and is a pretty major character in black lightning. If you kind of kept up with the Arrowverse oh. stuff. Oh. So nope. yeah, it's kind of cool seeing her uh, there. Um, now, um, at the end, when we get to Cara Dune, 
and she's kind of filtering through all the uh, pictures of prisoners and stuff. She filters through the four mm. people we see in the second episode that try and jump uh, Mando when he's on Tatooine. <laughs> and oh, yeah, awesome. one of their names, classic George Lucas Star Wars name, Gapgrin Dozito. Gapgrin. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> which, which took my head down this weird rabbit hole of like weird names that George Lucas would name people and how bad some of them were. And I started thinking Mace Windu was George Lucas. So like so mapped out in his star Wars universe that when he created the character of Mace Windu, he knew that the last name sounded like window and that he was going to be thrown out a big window <laughs> at some point. So that seems too forward thinking for yeah, Lucas. Yeah. yeah. So I got me thinking that for a little bit. <laughs> I thought that was. What- yeah. All right. And so the other cool thing uh, about this episode that was subtly hinted at here is that J- or not hinted at, but actually told is Django Fett is a legit Mandalorian. Uh, we're in the Clone Wars. We're told that he's not a Mandalorian by some guy in the Senate or something. I forget who said it, but someone told Obi-Wan, oh, Django Fett is just a a bounty hunter and he got the armor, but he's not an actual Mandalorian. But um, little space uh, family tree uh, in, in Boba's armor shows that in the chain code, they are actually Mandalorian, which is pretty cool. And a foundling, which is what Din Djarin is as well. Yeah. So that's cool. Cool little I thing th- we found out here. So yeah. I didn't know for certain if he was a Mandalorian because I haven't watched the prequels and I really need to get around to that. <laughs> but just them having that little a- interaction there saying that Django was a foundling. I even not having the the reference to it was like, I think that's, I think that's big. Like, I don't think that that's mm-hmm. like known before. So that was probably a, a big thing for people that are in the know. It's kind of confirmed here. I don't know how much foundlings were part of the lore of Mandalore before this show. Okay. I'm sure it's been mentioned here and there, but I don't, I don't, I can't think of a time it's been as important as it is now. Just because, like, it, we, the idea of people being from Mandalore being Mandalorians is like, yeah, okay. What we saw in the, in the Clone Wars series, those people typically didn't look like Django Fett. Right. And it was kind of like, all right, well, I mean, it's a planet. You can have not like everybody in this, on one planet looks the same, obviously. But um, the idea that he was a foundling kind of makes more sense there. Okay. That he was different and he was like, so outside of their culture that he was like selling his DNA to Caminos mm. and everything. Like that's not something Mandalore it's like to, to have such a hand in the war yeah. when Mandalore was a, um, pacifist planet at that time makes, makes more sense. sense now. Okay. It also is kind of morbid in the sense, if you think about it, that when the Empire is going on the siege of Mandalore, it's literally a bunch of clones of a Mandalorian now that's taking out all the Mandalorian people. So that's kind of crazy. He was accepted into their culture and now. Yeah. And now he's out there killing them. (laughs) Which I I guess I would love a huge fleshing out of that story. Just that. I mean, it's almost the Anakin story. could have been a savior was part of the group went a different way and then was their destruction. Like, right. Mm-hmm. I like that, that, uh, arc, whatever you would. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of curious too. I guess it's convenient, uh, for the plot again, but how was Boba and Fennec tracking him? And also they've had like four episodes to show up 
And they, it's like this convenient time they showed up <laughs> when he needs their yeah. help. That's a good so point. I always would find that nice, funny. Would have been nice to explain that at all, but I didn't think of yeah. that until just now. Well, he was probably following him for a while, but then he saw him get apprehended by the New Republic and then obviously lost him as mm. he crashed onto an ice planet into a cave for a little while. Mm. Could be. But Maybe. He was certainly on Tatooine, which is where... Yeah. So he went back to mm-hmm. that lady, right? He was probably following her there. Knew that he picked up that frog lady and where they were headed. I don't know. Star Wars. I, I don't, think, really about, yeah, don't think about it too Especially much. here. Like, so much has happened. He's gone to so many other places that... Who knows? I mean, I assume it's because of the bounty on their head that they have, like, some type of tracker. I just find it convenient that, like, out of all the past episodes, this is like, okay, cool. Now we have them show up when we have nothing, like, when it's convenient for them rather than it being, like, in reality where he they probably would have showed up on the Mon Calamari planet place, Corvus, or no, not Corvus, whatever the water world was called. Yeah, it was a moon of Corvus. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. No, Corvus was the one with Ahsoka, the one where the the quarrels and uh, Mon Calamar were and everything. Yeah. yeah. I forget what that one was called. I don't remember. Typhus? That, this episode was Typhus. <laughs> oh, never mind. It's not that one. No. Um, but, but yeah. So we got two episodes left. A lot could happen or a little could happen. One's a half an hour episode, mm-hmm. so probably not much. So that is almost certainly them breaking Bill Burr out of prison. Mm-hmm. And then we will have the big climax uh, where they're just climaxing all over. So, once again, mm-hmm. I have been your super ignorant host, Tim. With me, as always, is my co-host, uh, Dan Cole. He's the author of Lanny Girl Without Fear. You can check out the full story on the Big Fiction Energy podcast, where we did it as an audio drama. Also, check out A Grim Podcast, A Perilous Adventure, an actual play of Wafurp, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition. Um, now award nominated. Yeah. Uh, which is from, pretty exciting. From any. From, from any. Or, for an any. For an any. I, I don't. Well, we've established that I can't read. So <laughs> I've seen the links. I know that I voted for us, but I, I don't know what any of the words meant. Um, but also, December 21st, we are launching our new show, um, The Lost Omens Podcast, which is a Pathfinder 2, which is a uh, Dungeons and Dragons derivative actual play. Should be in- incredibly exciting. We're all super stoked for that. It has Ben uh, Relaford of the Carton Cast. It has Throwlash Gaming from twitch.tv slash um, Throwlash. Uh, it's going to be great. And our special guest this week... Um, from Wreck My Podcast, he's the host, he's the sultan, he's the heir to the throne. It was Jordan. Yeah, that's me. I appreciate you guys uh, downgrading a little bit from uh, best host of, po- of Wreck My Podcast, in your opinion, to tied for third place. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jordan was an absolute delight this week, and I'm so happy that this worked out. Um, yeah, I, but, I uh, anytime I can talk about Star Wars with people that semi understand what I'm talking about uh, <laughs> makes me so happy. <laughs> um, but check out Wreck My Podcast every Wednesday, right? Yes, yes, Wednesdays. And um, we do movies and TV shows and stuff like that. And sometimes we just talk with each other. So uh, it's a fun time. It's good. We try and be funny whether we are is up to our listeners. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, do you have a, you have a website, right? We do wreckmypodcast.com. Very, very simple there for you. It has literally everything, uh, that we have available is on there. So yeah, just go to wreckmypodcast.com. Easy, hot and sweet, like a rice crispy <laughs> treat. Um, <laughs> but join us next week for chapter 15, episode seven of season two of the Mandalorian where they break out Bill Burr and everything goes super well and there's no issues. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Thank you so much. Check out professionalcasual.com for everything else. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash professionalcasual where you can subscribe for like a buck. You get like a whole ton of stuff. Um, But yeah, have a great day, everyone. Uh, We love you and uh, keep, keep it. May the force be with you. Yeah.